All right, everyone, we are back on the Behavior Buff Podcast. And today I have a really special guest with us again. She's not here again, but I have a special guest. I feel like I always say that, but she is my friend, Tabitha. And I met Tabitha through a mastermind program last spring. And to say it was a life-changing group is actually an understatement. Today, she is going to go over something that I know that I lack. And because I lack it, I know that some of you probably lack it too. And it's basically putting ourselves as moms in a higher priority so that we can be the best mom that we possibly can. If you're also like me, you feel like you were called to serve. I love my kids and I really have zero gripes about them for raising them or caring for them. But I promise if you listen in, you'll have some amazing takeaways like I did. And I'm so excited to have Tabitha here with us. A little bit about Tabitha is that she is a mom of two. She is Alaskan born and raised. So I'm done complaining about Green Bay weather because she is from Alaska and she had snow like October was a Tabitha, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not before. <laughs> she is uh, the founder of the Mama Matters. She's passionate about helping overwhelmed moms find more joy in motherhood by taking themselves from exhausted and frustrated to energized and fulfilled. Before we hop in to chat with Tabitha, I am going to read a listener review here really quick, and it comes from another friend of ours. Her name is Natalie and it reads quick and digestible tools. I just love Hill and Ty. They are so down to earth as human beings and they genuinely want to help us as parents raise incredible kids. It's made a difference in the way I parent and how my kids react to positive changes. Keep it up guys. You're impacting families in such a positive way. Thank you so much, Natalie, for the review. Really means a lot to us. Seriously. So all right, today we're going to discuss a mindset shift from a new, for a new perspective on parenting goals with Tabitha from the Mama Matters. Go ahead, Tabitha, take it away. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to talk about this topic with you and your listeners today. So I'm just going to dive right in because I have so much to say. <laughs> so right. first things first, what kind of kids do you want to raise? As Hill mentioned, we are in a mastermind together, and our mentor often reminds us to begin with the end in mind when we do just about anything. I struggled to apply this concept at first because I didn't know what specific outcomes I wanted, and it just takes some time to think about it. Now I am basically obsessed and use this strategy for everything. It makes sense that just guessing about what we should do today to hopefully get us where we think we might want to be in the future could result in a giant waste of time. Instead, taking the time to think about what we want the end result to be and re reverse engineering it or working backwards, we can figure out what we need to do today to get us where we need to be in the future. And this also holds true for child rearing. We may have a vague idea of the values we want to install in our kids, like we want them to be good humans, but have you thought about it specifically? And I don't mean like you want them to be the captain of, you know, the football team and be a doctor when they grow up, but what values do you want to instill in them? Be sure not to fall into the comparison trap of what you think other people want for your children. But truly, what do you and your husband want for your kids? For example, my husband Jason and I want to raise kind, healthy, happy, confident children who 
who are their authentic selves and brave enough to play full out and chase their dreams and serve others. What about you, Hill? Besides striving for kids with excellent behavior, of course. <laughs> Working on it every day. <laughs> Aren't we uh, all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely think we have some of those same things. And I think it's important to Tyler and I to make sure we set out as the example. And on a podcast I just did recently with a guy named Daniel Patterson on episode 15, he talked about this. I do want happy, healthy, and strong, independent kids, but I'm just reminded constantly that I must be the example of this as well. Absolutely. And the second step to all of this is to do an initial evaluation and ask ourselves, are we an example of these goals right now? So our children will not always do what we say, but they will do what we do. There's a great quote by Robert Fulgham where he warns, don't worry that your children never listen to you. Worry that they are always watching you. Totally. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> If you're like me, this is exciting and slightly terrifying. <laughs> so to your point, we must lead by example to show our children both what is possible and how to do it. Children will naturally reflect the environment that they are in. We are in a constant reminder and an advocate of our habits, philosophies, and values as we demonstrate them every day. Additionally, we have, we all, all humans, have mirror neurons in the brain that will unconsciously reflect our environment. This doesn't only apply to children, by the way. We adults are also a product of our environment, which is why I love hanging out with you and Ty, even if it's just virtually. And a small example of mirror neurons is that when someone smiles at us, we unconsciously smile back. Or when you have a long vacation in England, you start picking up the accent and calling the trunk of a car a boot. But perhaps, perhaps a better example is when our kid throws a temper tantrum and us parents, we tend to start to take on those emotions. We feel them building up in ourselves. And if we notice that instead of mirroring our child's frustrations, we can start to be calm and remember to remain calm. And the really cool thing about that is that then our child will start to mirror our emotions because they're reflecting their environment. So that is a fantastic trick just to catch ourselves mirroring them and instead choosing to set the example for them that we want them to reflect. This is like such a good reminder. I mean, even to me, I, that's so awesome, Tabitha. And I think this is so true. I read one time about how your kids like don't know what hard work looks like when you're working on your computer. They just think that you're just typing away. But when they physically see you working hard, maybe it's on a hike or our most common one is when they see us working out and sweating and not giving up, they actually see what hard work looks like instead of telling them. I think that that, you know, rings true with a lot of what you just said is, you know, showing them and being the example and kind of they kind of morph into who you are as a person too. Yes. And you are giving such a great example because ironically, technology makes life easier in many ways, but it's important to still teach and demonstrate those foundational principles that technology is actually expediting for us. 
Yeah. You know, I, I think that we have all had an experience or two where our child does something unexpected and they learned it from us. <laughs> we were leaving the house the other day and the kids and I always give my husband a hugging kiss as we're leaving. And our four-year-old, as he reached for the door, he calls out, bye, B. Uh, my husband and I, because he didn't actually say B, I'm sure you can imagine what he did say. <laughs> um, so my husband and I were just like shocked and I remained calm this time, which I confess doesn't always happen. But I was like, where on earth did you hear that? And our son looks up to me and he's like, you guys, my husband and I looked over at each other, like totally baffled and confused. And we're like, uh, okay. So of course, you know, we gave him the talk about how that's inappropriate, not to be said again, blah, blah, blah. But the weirdest thing is that that is not even something my husband and I say, like even jokingly, and we certainly wouldn't in front of our kids. So we were thinking about it and we're like, I guess like maybe we whispered it one time, like as a joke and our kid, kid like overheard. Um, who knows? But the point is, they are always watching and about nothing escapes them. And I read this recently and I just could totally relate. So if you want your kids to listen, talk quietly to someone else. That is so true. I'm seriously dying at that story. I can honestly see our middle daughter doing this. It's like cracking me up when you first told me that. I was dying. And another you know, tangent off of that is our son Callan is only one and a half and he's constantly going to our oldest daughter's uh, soccer games and soccer tournaments and practices. And I'm chasing him around, reading him books, giving him snacks. I don't think he's paying attention. What does he see with the soccer ball? He dribbles it instantly with his feet. He knows what to do with it. I'm like, what? You mm -hmm. don't even pay attention <laughs> at the games. What the heck? Totally, totally. Never a dull moment, right? Yeah, yeah. So it may be overwhelming to think about how you're an example to your kids in all ways, but a great place to start is with practicing positive self-talk. Most of us probably have seen the quote where it says, the way we talk to our children becomes their inner voice, but the way we talk to ourselves influences the way we talk to our children and the example that they see. So for example, if I don't want my daughter to think she's fat and I want to, her to love her body for all of the incredible things that it can do, then I need to cultivate that in myself <clears throat> first. So she'll notice the head shake as my eyes pause when I see my thick thighs in the mirror. So instead, I want to mention to her how those thighs are incredibly strong and powerful and they help get me to all the places that I want to go. And this is like side note, an excellent um, point to make for a gratitude practice so that I can point out the things that I'm grateful for and that my kids can be grateful for. So like our daughter is almost two. So I just tell her how lucky she is to have that same strength. And wow, her little legs go so fast and look how fast she's going. But as I mentioned, she's two. So of course, it's like the most awkward tiptoe run where she's putting way more effort into giggling than anything else. What if we ran like toddlers did? Like, <laughs> our hands I, so funny. I feel like everyone's life would be way more entertaining. If I know. The case. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and um, like you mentioned, our kids can't see what we're thinking. So it's really helpful for us to narrate our thoughts for them. 
when it makes sense, of course. And in this particular example, this is how we align our actions with raising confident kids. So I have a confession to make. I'm not a perfect parent. Shocking, I know. Um, <laughs> but while I know this is great advice, I struggle to follow it myself sometimes. Luckily, it's not all or nothing. And when I make mistakes, I try to show my kids that mistakes are not to be feared and that they're simply opportunities to learn. I ask them, what can we learn from this? So there's no blame or worry about things that don't matter. We're really looking for the lesson. And when this becomes their inner dialogue, they don't lose the lesson, which would be such a gift to them in the future. I show them how I cannot fail if I choose to learn and try again. Yeah. And this aligns with our values of raising brave children. They're brave enough. They'll be brave enough to play full out in the world. Yeah, I love that. I love that, especially that quote. I mean, it's such great insight for sure. I know that I don't really talk about how my body looks at all. Maybe like I need to get my hair colored. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the only thing. Like, oh, mom really needs a haircut or <laughs> Yeah. I mean, even like conversations around food, the the common conversation that's been happening a lot lately is our kids have been wanting to eat dinner in order to get snacks. So we're we're mm. having to remind them lately that you eat dinner, you don't eat dinner to get another food. You eat dinner to fuel your body because food is fuel. And if your body is telling you that you are still hungry, then you can go get more dinner, not mm -hmm. more snacks. Sorry, that was a bit off on a tangent, but I wanted to say that in there. Because <laughs> we're struggling. Yeah, totally. Like, okay, mom, if I eat two bites of my chicken, can I have a snack? I'm like, no, mm. what? <laughs> Right. Yeah, that is so good. We we talk about that a lot in our house too. And I think that mind-body connection is so important and you teaching your kids that so early is going to serve them well for all the rest of their lives. Um, and I love that you're narrating your thoughts and being an example for your kids, which aligns perfectly with your value of health. Wow. We so that is fantastic. I just feel like I'm just glowing now. <laughs> Yes, you were rocking this whole mom thing oh, for sure. Geez, oh, geez. <laughs> All right, so are you ready? So this third and final step is where the rubber meets the road. We just evaluated if you are being a good example. And so this final step is that you have to be an example of this exact person that we want our kids to emulate. So the expression, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy is a far deeper truth than a lot of us care to acknowledge. So if you're not currently setting the example that you want to, no worries. How can you start? Make yourself a priority. Love yourself enough to make yourself a priority so that your kids can see an example of self-love. I am for the first to admit that the whole self-love movement sounds a little woo-woo, and I used to vomit in my mouth a little when I heard it. But truly, it is the foundation for living your best life and your kids living theirs. 
So you are the only person who can give your kids a happy mom. I am this at a fault. Like I said previously, like I feel as if I was born to serve and be there for my kids. I mean, I talk with Tyler all the time that I was totally born to be a mom. I want to spend every waking second with my kids. And I really don't have any gripes about it if I'm being honest, but I am, you know, soaking in all of this information too that yes you are right I need to make myself a priority too and I totally get that and I know as moms like the whole making yourself a priority can strike kind of like an adverse reaction um so I want to start by saying that does not mean like if you're sinking on the Titanic that you don't give your kids the last seats in the lifeboat of course not this just means that in your day-to-day your own needs need to be a top priority also So running ourselves ragged, attempting to have a perfectly clean house, and chauffeuring our kids to every event that they think they might want to attend will leave us feeling depleted and possibly even resentful of the little miracles we are working so hard to serve. We love our children more than anything else in the whole world, so how can we not give them anything and everything? So it's not give your kids everything and deprive yourself as much as possible means you're a good mom, or deprive your kids and take everything for yourself and you're a bad mom. Like there's another option. Yes. Yes. Your kids are a priority and you can make yourself a priority too. For example, I know lunch sometimes is hectic in our house. And when we feed our kids and don't feed ourselves, like we get hangry and irritable. Like I'm sure our kids would rather have a mom who took five minutes to eat too and is in a way better mood. So Being a martyr isn't a badge of honor, you know, it's depriving ourselves unnecessarily. And we want to give our kids the best mom, like the mom who is performing at our best. And in order to do that, we need to make ourselves a priority. And I just want to emphasize that making ourselves a priority does not mean taking away from our kids. It just means adding ourselves to the mix. And this always feels counterintuitive, but when you make yourself a priority, you have more to give your children. When we are our best selves, we are an example of that for our kids. And when we prioritize the needs, our own needs, we are more patient and energized and have more to give, like not to mention have a better attitude in general. And to be honest, I am a little bit sick of this analogy, but I've yet to think of a better one, so I'm going to use it but we can't pour from an empty cup. We must fill our cup first, and then we have more to pour into our family. And when we have some me time that we're craving and we don't feel guilty about it, we can be proactive instead of overwhelmed by the needs of others. We can have a much more logical approach to our day instead of being a total hurricane of chaos. We can put time and energy into things that matter instead of just chasing the messes, which we all know are endless and is certainly easy to get in the cycle of chasing messes. Yes, yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) And the wild thing about making ourselves a priority also is that there's actually a side benefit and we give our family the opportunity to learn and grow because we aren't doing everything for them. And what I mean by that is like, for example, if um, my husband watches the kids for a couple hours on Saturday morning so that I can go grab coffee with a girlfriend, then he is getting one-on-one time with the kids which he never gets if I am always around. And when we stop doing everything for our kids immediately, 
they learn how to be patient and wait instead of feeling entitled to instant gratification. And when we stop doing everything for our kids, they learn how to figure it out themselves and be resourceful, which is an incredible life skill to give them. So actually, when we do less, they learn more. And I often get the question about, well, like, what about newborns? Okay, okay. (laughs) So (laughs) newborns are an exception to the rule um, because they do have needs that need to be filled pretty immediately. But it's so easy for that reactive pattern to continue way longer than necessary. And it's this reactive nature that causes us to expect motherhood to be hard which it certainly can be tough sometimes, but if the story we tell ourselves is that it's hard, then it makes it even harder because that's all we ever focus on. I know. Seriously. Remember that quote by Tony Robbins, like where focus flow, focus goes, energy flows. I mean, seriously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even like what we talked about, you know, with Brene Brown, the story that we tell ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is the key for sure. Yes. So I I hope that this provides some new food for thought or at least a new perspective that maybe people haven't considered before. So to recap, the steps are that we must begin with the end in mind to create the future we desire, evaluate if we're an example of that goal, and then make ourselves a priority and to be an example for our family. And always remember that your actions become your habits. Your habits become your children's values and your children's values become your legacy. I love that, Tabitha. Like that was so well put together and I mean, so good. So, so good. Really is getting me thinking like, okay, I am going to sign up for Peer Bar. (laughs) I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Yes, (laughs) totally, totally. I need some variety, some variety of working out in my life. So now if you want to let all, now that everybody is like completely like, okay, how do I connect with Tabitha? She's freaking awesome. Can you tell us? (laughs) What are you currently creating? Okay, so I currently have a blog, which I try to post on every week. Um, It's all about helping overwhelmed moms to simplify through routines and to go from barely surviving to enjoying more of what really matters. And I also really believe that the lead domino for moms being able to make themselves a priority is having a consistent morning ritual. So I recently created the Rise and Shine course, which is an online course that encourages moms to prioritize themselves so that we have more to pour back into our families. And the beauty of this ritual is that it doesn't take away from our families because we wake up just a little bit earlier and the whole ritual actually can be done in like six minutes. So that's pretty amazing. And even um, as we're building and learning the ritual, the course takes 15 minutes a day for just eight days. So that's not something huge to add to your plate, and it will give you back so much more time and quality than you're investing. Awesome. So, yeah, and I just, I so often as mothers, we put everyone and everything else first, and then we wonder why we're stressed and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just super passionate about helping moms to nourish their souls and increase their energy and be productive with starting their day. And a morning ritual will launch you into like the best day ever. So I'm really excited that this will be available starting Thursday, January 23rd. 
And um, if you're listening to this episode outside that window, you can still head over to the blog and there'll be a wait list so that you can catch the course when it's up next time. That is so awesome. And I'm hoping that we're going to, this podcast will be live on Monday, the 21st. So how long will uh, the course window be open for? When is, when are the doors closing or don't you have like a solid timeline on that? Do you think? Yeah. So it'll be open a week. So it'll close on the following Thursday, which I think is the 30th. Yes. Yeah. January 30th. Cool. Cool. So from Thursday, January 23rd to Thursday, January 30th, you can purchase Tabitha's rise and shine course, right? That's what's going to be called. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then where can people find you besides your blog, the mama matters? Where else can they find okay. you? Okay. So the blog is, um, the T H E mama, M A M A matters.com. I know the gets forgotten a lot. And then mama, apparently there are a million different ways to spell that. <laughs> really? Like, I, yeah. Yeah. Spell it. I, really, I don't know. People are really creative. So, anyways, that's how I spell it. M A M A. And um, I'm also on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook, all with the handle The Mama Matters. And we also have The Mama Matters Tribe on Facebook, which is more of a community if you want to come hang out with us over there. That's so awesome. So, to all of our listeners, I will link all of those in the show notes, as well as Tabitha has a really great uh, evening routine checklist. So it's kind of like five evening habits to set you up for a fantastic morning. So I will link that as well in the show notes. In closing, Tabitha, it was so great to have you on. We'll have to have you on again and maybe even talk about some you know, success stories of the people that bought your course. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun.